Welcome to Best Texas. <laughs> oh, yeah, I pressed record. Did you know that? Oh, you did? Yeah, it's recording. Oh, okay. I thought I I was waiting to for a break so I could tell you that since you want me to tell you when I do it and I'm trying to be Say I'm hitting record, Colton, and then re- hit record. Okay, but this time I just hit record and then I was like, okay, I I've done oh, it. It's I see recording. What you're we have we've been doing this 11 episodes. We have to have a better system in place. You'd think we had a better system, but I'm still at a place where like I'm always having to kind of crane around the mic in order to see. You. I for the first like four episodes, I thought we had a really good rhythm, and then we lost it. Well, that's because we like set aside time, and that's all we did that weekend, oh, and it was really nice. That was kind of a wonderful experience to get to just talk about breakups. Yeah. In Joshua Tree. <laughs> Soothing. I'm having... <laughs> I just had some weird um, anxiety. Oh, I wish. I had some weird anxiety that isn't actually founded in anything, because I, the garlic bread, I just ate... It's so pungent that I like had this thought where I was like, "Oh, they're gonna smell it." Like in my head, I was like, "It's so bad." The oh, they listeners turn it on in their cars and they are going smell to it. smell <sighs> the garlic through this microphone somehow, which I isn't wish. true. And now I'm just grossing people out. But I that's listen the to Giada De Laurentiis's podcast, and she talks about she garlic does not and have mozzarella. A I know it's called mozzarella. Oh, did you make it up or did Parmesan she have a podcast? Italiano. Uh, no, I'm making that up. Oh my gosh. That was going to be some tea if she had a podcast. So you can smell her garlic bread. Well, she doesn't eat food, but you can smell her garlic bread. But she puts it in her mouth and then spits it into a spit bucket, so it's still good in her breath. Yeah. I like to think that she could have some rancid breath sometimes. I mean, her mouth is so big. And it's sorry, she has very white teeth. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, I don't know what's happening. She has a very large but Julia Roberts-esque mouth yeah it's just the rest of her head is very small i don't know why we oh keep going down just <laughs> when back when she had that show what was it like everyday italian or like italian lunch fuck, italian fuck italian day cooking uh, barefoot italian uh, uh, a smile smile eating whatever it is <laughs> eat people i used to watch that all the time when i was in high school and yeah, now i can I'm tell just... by your memory of it <laughs> you, you watched it fondly well here's the thing i always watched oprah when i got home from school and my mother Uh. doesn't remember this but she watched general hospital and i don't know if she just like (laughs) didn't want to be outed by that but i can remember coming home from elementary school laying down on the couch and watching general hospital with my mom and you cannot tell me that that's made in the timeline of procedural hospital shows where does general hospital fall in the line of like er to Grey's Anatomy. Was that before all of it? It's it's so far below both of the shows that you just said. That oh. It, oh, wait. Is it a soap opera? It's a soap opera. Oh. And I don't even think they show surgery. Like, General Hospital is the name of it. They're not even in a fucking hospital. It's just actors who really wish they were on the CW wearing I just remember coats. the intro song where it showed, like, the place cards for the actors and their names and the song that would play. It's like... A forbidden memory where like I remember the music but I couldn't tell you what it is <laughs> it's like I I was I looked into the into something I wasn't supposed to and came back a scar I feel like in a lot of those early like soap opera and sitcom intro music scenarios there's always like some sort of like saxophone or horn just yeah like, no it was like Am I, is this real, right? Oh, I, you could literally make any noise and I would believe you. 
I think that's what it is. And is it people like looking up from charts, like flipping their hair <gasps> toward Karen? I hope. I mean, I don't have that much of a lot of that was repressed after the trauma. But uh, I can remember like the happiness of watching General Hospital. My parents have been watching a lot of reruns of MASH lately. Ooh. Okay. I, and it's interesting because like That's, that was it was a choice when it was first on. It's very it much was a choice on now. For so long. I it started it's... in like the sixties, right? And just ended? <laughs> like none of the char- it's all the characters' children um that started it. I don't I don't I, it's like I enjoy watching them watch it, but I don't enjoy watching it. Does that make sense? Like, it's oh. nice to see them, like, enjoying some nostalgic thing from when they were growing up. But I watch it, and I'm just like, why is Alan Alda being such a weird dude? Remember that um, prank video, like, when we were younger? It was, like, the car commercial from Germany. And everyone was like, if you look at this part of the clip, you can see a ghost. Like, show up right here, look really close. And then as soon as, like, this car started to come out of view, a giant, like, zombie face oh, jumped in and screamed. Rick Roll videos. Well, this was, like, a r- original, like, yeah. I guess, like, pranking or, like, internet pranking uh-huh. because everyone in sharing it was always so, like, secretive about it like you never knew it was coming and no one i knew the first time they saw it knew what was happening and then they shared it with people who hadn't seen it that was the game that was like the first viral like outbreak i also remember because there have been all different kinds of that like when i was in high school there was this site it was like an online puzzle where you like move your mouse through a maze and then the exorcist girl pops up and am i right that's around the same time am i right that rick roll is what it's called like rick james just is that no that's the never gonna give you up like when you say like oh because he actually starts playing a song they saw actual photos of bigfoot click the link and then it's rick roll yeah okay i combine the two in my head that happens i think that's still a thing that goes on like i haven't that hasn't happened to me since myspace you know but i i think it like does its circuit of popularity i think it's turned into memes now where like someone sends you a video pretending it's serious and then it's just a bunch of memes here's my glitch in the matrix question Uh do you remember baby shark when you were younger no okay my sister and i have vivid memories of listening to that song when we were like younger than 10 maybe between 10 and 15 and it was already a song, and that was like oh, fifteen and it's, years ago. It's apparently a new song. Well, but now it's like taking it. over. But I, and we know this. There's proof of this because every summer, well, not every summer, some summers, my family would go to Myrtle Beach. Am I right, Mom? Fact check me. <laughs> and we would do like a youth retreat and like at this campground it's not myrtle beach i already know that's wrong yeah it is no it's not mom uh, let me I know please thank god so. mom please help help text you right now use your psychic powers um and we would put on like entertainment for like the kids so like the mm, parents cute. would go like do shit and then like I, I we would have clowns and puppets and do songs and baby shark was one of the songs we did and yeah. i know this because you would use your arms and your hands to do like the the jaw and like the daddy shark would be both like your arms. <gasps> oh wait, spread that out. is ringing a bell now. And and no one believes me. And the the first time that somebody told me that I was accurate about this was my sister Jordan. And I was like, thank God, because 
it was like another forbidden memory of like this was already a song when I was a child. No, now you're making me think that I also learned it when I was young because the the hand motions is ringing a bell. And then remi- remember fried ham, fried ham, yeah, cheese and bologna. Oh yeah. After some macaroni, we'll have onions, pickles, and peppers, and then we'll have some more fried ham. Oh my gosh, such good lyrical retention. Yeah, I I don't know anything after the age of fourteen, <laughs> but I know that song. Yeah, I... God, I just want to pass a test. I I skipped the whole experience of Baby Shark and went straight to being annoyed. Like, I've never seen the actual video. I've never heard the actual song. I've only heard kids singing the song and don't enjoy it. My nephew has a very... I like to say he has a good taste in music. The Moana soundtrack. He does have a very good, respectful love of the Moana soundtrack. Anything that I sing to him. And... He responds to it. It's like this magical thing where, like, just joy takes over. And it's, I th- that's just what children, like, they're like jamming out. This is their, I, you know, uh, Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> what's a great, what's a great song that would be the equivalent? Uh, Natasha Bedingfield's. Oh, interesting. Unwritten, but for this generation. Do you think there's something like scientific? about why the kids love that like the rhythm or the notes or it's just it's like fucking annoying and kids are annoying <sighs> they like make the same sounds like when a kid is like look watch me and they just do a spin and it's like thanks you wasted my time <laughs> like show me an actual skill so you're saying unless Susie's doing like a round up off back handspring then you're just unless Susie can compute some numbers did to I say me. back handspring I don't care. Okay. Um, welcome to Best Exes. I'm Hi. Colton Mooney. I'm Gabe Thibodeau. And we are here to talk shit. No, oh. I'm kidding. We are here to talk <laughs> about relationships and how they got together, fucked it up, and what they did with that information. Yeah, we are a story-based podcast, so uh, each time Colton and I tell each other a story of a famous breakup and then the other person has to guess whether or not the couple stayed friends like we did like we did or went in off in their own separate individual life journeys like Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson yeah. um, or she's also in that movie you showed me that trailer for underwater and it looks fucking good I know I'm excited about it it I, looks like modern day underwater alien Ridley Scott is here it's like, like it's alien vibes it's the abyss vibes ooh. it's that what was that movie where Queen Latifah gets attacked by the jellyfish was that the abyss Lean Latifah <laughs> starring Lean Latifah um I heard do you know what movie I'm talking about yeah no it, that's the abyss that is the okay same great. movie I'm confused because I just had somebody tell me yesterday that she's playing Ursula in the live action Little Mermaid no, that's not but correct. I just went to the IMDb and it still has Melissa McCarthy. No, it's definitely Melissa McCarthy. But then I told this person this morning that it should have been Latrice Royale, this, the drag queen. Oh. And he said, yeah. Oh, no. That would have been perfect. Yeah, a drag queen would have been a really spectacular choice. But I Latrice. love Melissa McCarthy. Latrice would have been beautiful. No, you know what I think it is? Years ago, I remember this because I printed out the photos because I'm a lunatic. Years ago, Annie Leibovitz did a photo series for Vogue or something where famous people were Disney characters. And I think Queen Latifah was Ursula in that photo series. So that, that photo happened. probably came up recently. Yeah, because I, I feel like I'm on top of this information lately. But also, like... He knows a lot of people, so I'm like, does he know something oh, that you I think don't he knew know? The scoop. No, I'm pretty sure. Like it's Lean Quatifa's in Melissa McCarthy's out. Like I don't. No, I don't think so. I mean, either way, I, I 
I'm happy with either choice, so I, I don't... But yeah, but IMDb usually doesn't lie. Maybe Queen Latifah is one of the people or something? Eh... Or one of the land dwellers. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember other characters from that She's movie. She's the can't. white butler in the movie. She's Sebastian. She's Sebastian. <laughs> She's playing a human with giant claws on her hands. Although randomly on the in the Broadway show, Titus Burgess was Sebastian. Yeah. Which was. Titus oh, Burgess I love could Titus play Burgess. any character. I saw him he in San Diego. He has the versatility of Streep. They did the Wiz in San Diego, and I'm still surprised it didn't go to Broadway. And he was the Cowardly Lion, and that's when I first fell in love with Titus Burgess. Him so and Kimmy Schmidt is Ugh. like watching poetry. I don't know. Is it weird know. that I I hope that the it had enough seasons to where they renegotiated his contract so he made good money toward the end? Yeah, I like to think so. I like to think so. Because he was probably just making like pretty base skill whatever. Because why? Oh god, my he's so good. Impression. Alright, they're doing oh no. Oh no. I'm, am I making things up? Yeah. I have this weird memory in my head where they're doing more Kimmy Schmidt, but just like a two episode thing or a little like Netflix movie. But I feel like I might just be spreading lies. I am tired of the f- farewell movie of things. Yeah. They're doing that honest. with Transparent too. Well, and they did tried to do it with Sense8 and it was weird. Oh. Which Sense8, both the two seasons that it got were incredible mm-hmm. incredible drama television just expensive it was just fucking expensive and to end it with like not all the question it's answered is like the most frustrating thing like that's why when a new show comes out i don't watch it like the first season because i'm gonna get invested and then in 12 episodes and it's not gonna get picked up mm. because who because they made who something that everybody that would you know pertain to everybody but those shows are awful. That's why the Big Bang Theory exists. It doesn't anymore. Well, that's why it did for so long. Is they're like, let's give it to everybody. But like, no, you need like a, a point of view, and then your show's good. I, I mean, I like the Big Bang Theory. Colton and I argue about it a lot. But I just—it's the one thing that I don't agree with it's you. Fine, you don't have to like the Big anything. Bang Theory. Yeah, I don't. Who it's does? It's just a very technically well done sitcom. If you're gonna say you the words like technically the well done sitcom, call it Friends. There's more than one technically well done sitcom there... in the world. Yeah, Reba has one show. <laughs> Reba. Reba on TNT. <laughs> I think it was on TNT. My Ritz are planning in, in the, the past. Though Boy, my life is changing fast. Who I am is who I want to be. <laughs> A single mom who works too hard, loves her kids, and never stops. stops. With gentle hands in the heart of a fighter. I'm a survivor. The guy who played her son-in-law in that show, I've seen his dick. Because of... Uh, what? Not, not in life. Yeah, not in life. He's on Shameless and he's like naked on it all the time. Oh. I just like thought you hooked up with Van. <laughs> no, 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 on TV. I was like, what the fuck? Sorry, yeah, We've was, known each other for five misleading. years and you never told me that. No, I no, talk no. about Reba all the time. <laughs> and you're like dropping this bombshell on me. I was like partially impressed by you. And then I'm like, that's right. Van. Yeah. No, yeah. I just remember I've watched a few seasons of the US version of Shameless and it's pretty good. And he's on it and just kind of wild and weird. And then there's just. One episode where there's like a lot of full frontal 
which I respect, They're but shameless. it just came out of, uh, sorry, but it came out of nowhere because it's Van, so you don't expect that. I... I need you, so Colton's still like on a bit of a no narrative TV situation right now, and I really need him to catch up and watch Euphoria because I, that well, I Carnival that episode, though, oh you. my gosh, I'm so happy. He was like, you have to watch Fleabag. He essentially put it on and forced Kinda. me to watch it, which it gets you in the first two minutes yeah, of the show, and instantly. then now I've been watching so all of the, basically what all i'm saying is that if anyone listening would like to talk about fleabag or euphoria oh please reach out to me because i have lots to say I'm please obsessed. tell us what you didn't agree with about euphoria we'd love to talk to you about oh no it. i'm looking for fans oh please tell us what you about enjoyed euphoria. about euphoria you can't really argue euphoria you can like not be into the subject matter but that's stupid i'm still mad at relevant. euphoria because i'm not gonna lie the song that they used for the trailer for it so, like, months ago, when I go to watch Succession, and there's the trailer for Euphoria, and it's, like, that really cool, like, song by Labyrinth, and, like, I look it up, and literally, I, I like, find a fucking Reddit article that says, this song does not exist on this planet. It, it They have locked it down so well that you cannot find the song, but it's the one song I want to have. Can I ask you a question? Yes. When's the last time you looked for it? I mean, this was like two weeks ago. I think the last time I looked for it because was Because I two have weeks ago. very recently... Because Mackenzie and I were talking about it, and I was like, oh, I wonder if somebody has like ripped that song off of I it. have I very... Mean, sorry, you should get paid for your music, but like, <laughs> fi- then put it on Spotify, and then we're not going to steal it. This could be totally different. I just am inviting you to look again, because I very recently saw on YouTube... That Euphoria put out a song with Zendaya on it. It's not that one, though. Okay. There's a Labyrinth song that they have with Zendaya singing, and it's not, it's that, not that one. It's not that one. Okay, different. shoot. I was hoping they, like, saw the outcry But it was nice seeing it. that, like, close to six... I mean, it was, like, 6,000 people were asking the same question. <laughs> like, I can't find it. Like, and, like, active people on this thread of trying to find this song, and I'm like, okay, I'm not the only basic bitch here. I mean, I'm a basic bitch, but I'm not the only basic bitch. The other thing I appreciate about Euphoria is that all the makeup on it is so good. Oh, yeah. Those girls look... That's some skill. Like Hunter Schaefer's makeup, she always looks so good and so pretty. So does Zendaya and stuff. But specifically in the carnival episode, because everyone's kind of dressed up, they look amazing. And in my head when I was watching it, I was like, these like beauty YouTubers think they're amazing and look at the show. And then I was watching some like beauty vlog to go to sleep or whatever and they As referenced you Euphoria and did like a look inspired by Euphoria. And I was like, see? It's the it, it has the aspect of the magical realism that I th- knew you would like. Yeah, it's very pretty. And that's why pretty. when I finally was, because Mackenzie told me to watch it, and I was like, I, I felt, I feel a strong sense to not watch things that people tell mm-hmm. me that I will like, because for some reason I don't want people to anticipate my next move. But then they're like, you love Fleabag, and he puts it on, and I'm like, shit. Oh, this <laughs> is the like other Fleabag. exciting thing I didn't tell you. So the so I'm Jesus. <laughs> I'm in uh, pre-production on a new short film, and we're looking at shooting. That's not a humble brat. It costs a lot of money. That's not impressive. It's work. <laughs> <laughs> Help us. Uh, <laughs> we need money. <laughs> um, but we're looking at shooting a couple different ways, and so like the ideal, yeah. we want to use 
I don't want to go into the details because it was boring Please so much. Do. But we're looking at a certain type of filming for this short film. But I realized that the backup, like if we don't go with the expensive approach, the backup camera we want to use is the camera that they shoot you for. They shot Euphoria on. So oh, I got really excited wow. because I was like, Euphoria is so pretty. Like it's I, very pretty, and a lot of it is like the cinematography and the DP and that, they're doing all this cool stuff. But I'm like, oh, our backup camera, I think, is what they shoot Euphoria the on. First so that's cool. Episode the hallway. She like gets out of rehab, oh, goes yeah, to this yeah. party, gets high, and is in this hallway as it's spinning. But everything is staying stationary except for her. And when I can't understand how a filmmaker did something, it is the coolest thing to me. Did you watch the behind the scenes? I didn't watch for that one, no. But I watched Do you want to know? So, well, I'm sure it was a lot of digital. So I just shook yes. my head. They built. <laughs> They built a rotating hallway and they strapped the extras in. So those are real people upside down and spinning who are strapped in and they've like pressed and gelled their hair so it doesn't fall. <gasps> so it's not CGI. They that did it practically. Incredible. They did it practically. That makes me like tell a story, give me a wicked cool visual and you will have just given me the feeling that she like that because that made me gave me the sense that i also was high oh and i was like this is incredible and it's also really good because i mean not i don't condone drug use like she the actress zendaya 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 i think it's zendaya Zendaya. Okay, we should look into it. But we'll Bezos. Say Zendaya. It's Zendaya Bezos. It's Shut up. We know. Um, but so she was like actually legitimately like climbing on those rotating walls and so basically in the interview she was like i wasn't acting at all it was weird as hell to have to do that she's like yeah it was she's really like losing your balance yeah. <laughs> and she, she was just like what the fuck and and she's looking around at the people who are strapped in upside down so to her it's trippy as hell because it's all actually happening to i her. mean i thought it was some damn good it's acting so good. but, I but that that was this is reaction. all to say i need him to catch up so that he watches the carnival episode because it is so good and pretty everybody's telling me i've <sighs> been so busy I I sat down on the couch today and made a bunch of little graphics for Instagram, mm-hmm. and I am spent. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I slept for three hours last night. This is true. You did have a late night. And I still smell like chlorine. <laughs> um, yeah, so my life is... You can't marinate in a hot tub for like your whole life and not smell like chlorine. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. And then I didn't shower I directly there. after. I was working. No, I wasn't working. I was asleep. You were asleep. You were eating Starburst in bed. I babe. certainly was. Yeah. My health journey is going great, you guys. Yeah. I mean, we went and got Afters, the ice cream place, which I will you love that place. promote that place on my podcast. Please talk about Your Cookie Monster ice cream is the best ice cream on the planet. Of my favorite ice cream of any ice cream ever that it's i've ever had it's very pretty too it's so pretty it's uh, you can't have it, it has no i know but I they know. also have cookie butter so i got half that half cookie Ooh. butter and the cookie butter was rich i'm about to slap <laughs> slap <laughs> sorry that might peak um well yeah so i am doing a very different couple this week what do you mean by different i'm doing one that I initially didn't have much interest in. I'm going to oh, be honest. Okay. Because even more than Lena Dunham. Yeah, no, because <laughs> it almost like wasn't my business because of where I lived, and like my connection to it is different. And I like will have I guess some like comparisons to like how somebody closer to my like 
interests, their deaths and stuff affected me and their oh, all of this. I'm so curious. I'm sorry, but I really, okay, so I'm trash and I've been watching a bunch of conspiracy videos on Netflix <gasps> oh, called right. Conspiracy and they have the moon landing being faked. They have uh, assassinations throughout history and this is one of them. Oh, it's an assass? Uh, well, that's, an the, assass that's the theory, and we're going to get there. Okay. And, like, the Vatican doing shady shit. Is anybody surprised? No. Nobody's surprised. So, other than that, aliens are real, Bigfoot exists, and I'm going to be telling you today oh about Princess Diana and Prince Charles. Oh, wow. I also did not draw that line at all based on conspiracy. Like... For some reason, my brain didn't go there. We A lot of people it. are going to be very happy you're doing okay. this. Okay. So are you ready to be transported back to the 80s? I'm ready. So, okay. shoulder pads, traditional values, <laughs> big hairs, and even bigger secrets. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> That's the one thing I actually wrote on this. Everything else was Everything copy and pasted. Copied. Okay, so I went to Bustle. <gasps> Ooh. And Allison Corner. It's not spelled how you'd think. And then Reader's Digest uh, by Hannah Hong and Marissa Lailaberte. Reader's Digest. So I have those. I have a photo of them. It didn't. Your printer yeah, my is printer's horrible. Right now. And so well, it's kind of like sepia. Hmm. We all stopped doing that in 2008. <laughs> all right. So as I said, I didn't grow up like thinking about the royal family. Right. I lived in Podunky Dunk. Florida, like for a good long time. That's a real town. It's a donkey dunk. I didn't live there. Uh, and why would the royal family? Like, why would we know anything about the royal family? And so my my whole thing about what I thought I knew about this was she. I knew that they got married. I knew that th- that that she was divorced, and I knew that she died in a car crash. That is literally the only information that I knew about Princess Diana. So I, more for my own interest after this documentary I watched, I was like, oh, like they had such a weird relationship and there's a lot of elements to it. We're going to get to Camila. And I just, I died. Wow, we're going to come all the way up to date. I know. I just dove in and then we're going to go over some conspiracy theories. So are you ready? I'm so ready. All right. So it's going to start by me basically going over Prince Charles... He was like 30, whatever the fuck, Great. wasn't married. You need to be married because you yep. are going to be the ruler of this your country. Job. Yeah. So you need to like step it up, princess, have the children because you're going to be king. And he was feeling like a lot of pressure, whatever. So Prince Charles had multiple people telling him who to marry, one being his uncle, Lord Mountbatten. Who wanted his nephew to marry Amanda Natchball, his granddaughter. Natchball. Come on, incest. Keep it in the family. He also told his nephew he should choose a suitable, attractive, and sweet character girl before Mm. she has anyone else she might fall for, his granddaughter. This is Charles's uncle talking about his granddaughter being his nephew's husband sister i don't know uh if that is common for you guys which no judgment no 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 it happens in the bible i think it's like there were only two people and it became seven billion i think it's something kind of specific to the royal family because they want to keep the bloodline actually there is a bit of judgment with incest i'm gonna retract my earlier i was gonna like i'm gonna retract my statement and not say there's no judgment but like the whole I don't want to dilute the genes thing starts to come off a little Hitlery. 
oh yeah it's a little hitlery so it's a little lord voldemort that that's not great to be here okay so the queen mother also gave prince charles advice on suitable matches however she disagreed with mountain batten mount batten she thought the prince should marry one of the granddaughters of her lady-in-waiting, Lady Ruth Firmery. Oh, so she's basically like my... Oh, my... I'm going to fuck up every name, by the way. So she basically had like a lady-in-waiting, which I'm assuming is kind of like a handmaid. See. Maybe. And Girl, she was I didn't like, Google that. Her, her, peop- her family's cute. Should I do all of this her. in a British accent? Yeah. Queen mother. <laughs> That's how Prince Charles came to know the Spencer family. Who are the Spencers? Spencers. The Spencers, Diana. Prince Charles dated Sarah Spencer, Diana's older sister, in 1977, and that's how he met Diana. She was 15 at the time. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. So three years later, in 1980, (laughs) Diana and Prince Charles began dating. He was 31. She was the fresh adult age of 18. And we all picture Diana. She was a fucking bombshell. Classic, elegant, beautiful woman. 80s hair. 80s shoulder pads. She had a brooch. She had earrings. She had everything. Gloves. She was a school teacher. Blessed. She came from royalty. You are born for this. You are on the right track, baby. Become the queen of fucking England. I never knew their age difference was that big. Yeah. I mean, everybody's is. My... That's no, that's more than my current one. Anyways, <laughs> he just to a total uh, rabbit hole in his own uh, mind. So they started dating. Their relationship progressed really soon after that. Since Charles proposed to Diana, February first, nineteen eighty-one. Pretty sure a Michael Jackson song came out that year, and the two got married in July of the same year. At the time of the proposal, Prince Charles and Diana had been on twelve dates together, and 12. that's it. And people are saying I'm moving fast. I've only had five. Yeah, I was going to say you haven't been on twelve. Whoops. Dates. Uh, I'm going to retract that. According to Sally Bedell Smith, author of Prince Charles: The Passion of the Paradoxes of the Improbable Life, that's what she said. Are you so impressed that I just... You just rattled that title off so okay, quick. Okay, because I read through this earlier because I want to sound educated. So you just rattled that off. So the author of whatever that book was said She something? said they had only been on 12 dates. Got it. Bye. Roger. The prince thought he could learn to love Diana as his grandparents, King George VI and Queen Elizabeth, did in their arranged courtship. So I didn't know that, that okay. they had an arranged marriage. Prince Charles also said he wanted to get married near the age of 30 and that he felt pressured by his father to marry and start a family. Their age gap became a problem for them while on their honeymoon. So this is the first, like, stuff that comes up. He would spend hours painting on the deck, gay, um, of the royal yacht. It's not gay to paint. I mean, it's not straight to paint. Girl, paint. On your honeymoon, you just want to paint? He just wants to to be like, girl, you know what? We could be making sweet, sweet love right now, but I got to paint this view. And I'm not talking about you. Um, okay, interesting. So it apparently frustrated her. She He kept stepping away from his painting materials, and she would, like, destroy what he was <gasps> doing so he couldn't Salty. use it. I know. I want to be this petty. I also want to be the Queen of England. He spent hours... No, sorry. The royal couple married in 1981. That was... Sorry, I jumped ahead. Uh, and appeared. they appeared over the heels in love. But according to People, by 1985, their marriage was troubled. According to Diana, they even stayed together partly for the public. So that as I mean, as somebody who knows nothing about that, I'm like, oh, I can feel that you married a guy you hardly knew. And then you were like, fuck, I'm but he's part of the royal family. So in 1995, she did the infamous BBC interview with Martin Bashir. 
if you don't know about this, you're about to find out okay, about it. Okay, great, because I don't. She did not consult Kensington Palace about this. <gasps> oh. And it took place dur- right after the, her separation from him, but before her divorce with him. Oh. Diana stated the cause of her bulimia. This makes me sad. Oh. The cause of her bulimia was the situation where my husband and I had everything together because we didn't want to disappoint the public. And yet, obviously, there was a lot of anxiety going on within our four walls. And she goes on to say, I don't have it right here. I think I've had a different part that he at one point grabbed her sides and said something along the lines of like, wow, you've got a lot of or you have some extra weight there. And that led her to be bulimic. And that makes me really sad. So even before they got married, it seemed like they weren't on the same page romantically during a pre-wedding interview uh after being asked if they were in love diana immediately said of course and charles said whatever in love means oh i don't I'm not, I'm not enjoying charles so in this same bbc interview diana said the early stages of marriage were very or were happy very much so but that the marriage also came with many pressures clearly yeah after uh sorry but the pressure on both of us as a couple with the media was phenomenal and misunderstood by a great many people yeah how the fuck is anyone supposed to understand that unless yeah. you are the queen of it's England? wild so camilla camilla okay. however you want to say it. i think it's camilla camilla so camilla let's dive in so if you don't know who camilla is I know very little about camilla okay. Camilla was Charles's like best friend slash if this doesn't work out, we'll get together fam. So Diana said that she felt very isolated within her marriage and with the Royal family, but even more with Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles. That's her name. Okay. Uh, They started, sorry, they like, they began their like friendship with each other, Diana and uh, Camilla, whenever they got she, she married Charles. Right. So she said she had knowledge of their relationship. And even at one point during the interview, she said Charles loved somebody else. Like she could see it. She was aware of it. So during a ni- the 1994 interview, Charles said that he was faithful to, to Anna until their marriage was irretrievably broken down his words but what does that even mean he yeah. that's like a time he decides <laughs> he did not say if he was unfaithful with camilla camilla and called her a great friend which in the gay community means y'all fucking why did he just marry camilla to begin with then girl we're gonna get into that. after being asked if camilla was a factor of the breakdown of their marriage uh she said well there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. Literally yeah. what she said about their relationship. Okay. I would snap. Okay. Thanos, snap. Half of everyone's gone. <laughs> uh, so Diana also admitted to Bashir uh, that she had an affair while married to Charles with James Hewitt. And when asked if she was unfaithful with Hewitt, she answered, yes, I adored him. Yes, I was in love with him. Talking about James. So... This was shocking. Okay. The princess of the country. Yeah. Yeah. That's Throughout her BBC tea. chat, Diana expressed that eventually she and Charles began living two lives outside of the public eye ever since they formally separated in December of 1992. So they had been separated years before that. So this, like the, the period of when they were separated to when the divorce happened was like years. Like how, because Whoa. it's fucked and it's politics and it's you. Yeah. Are, uh, yes. 
I guess, yeah, it would be hard to imagine that going quickly under those <laughs> she circumstances. Said, yeah. so she, she said she didn't want to separate, but supported Charles's decision. No, not at all, she said after being asked if the separation was her idea. I come from a divorce background, and I didn't want to get into one again. So mm. her parents were divorced. And letters written by Charles to his friend Nancy Reagan, random, okay. which were made public after being donated to the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation, whatever. He opened up about the aftermath of his separation from Diana. No one can really understand what it all meant until it happened to you, which is why it all keeps getting worse and worse. He also wrote in the letter dated June 21st, 1992, one day I will tell you the whole story. It is kind of a Greek tragedy and would certainly make a very good play. Talking about their relationship. Ugh. The life of princess, uh, the life of a princess was assumed by the mass public to be a royal royal fairy tale, but the jarring reality was revealed to be far from that. In the tapes, Princess Diana famously calls Camilla Parker Bowles the third person of the marriage. Even more surprisingly, Prince Charles didn't try and suppress his blatant affections for Camilla throughout their marriage. Like, he wasn't even trying to hide it, homegirl. Like, have some decency. Um... Although Diana and Camilla were initially friends, repeating incidents continued to feed Diana's suspicions about a potentially clandestine romance. I I didn't write that word. (laughs) Charles and Camilla uh, supposedly had nicknames for each other, Fred and Gladys. Two weeks before he married Diana, Charles had gifted a personalized bracelet to Camilla, a blue disc with a G and F on it for their nicknames, and he is also seen wearing gold cufflinks engraved with interwoven C's to a formal dinner. Have some class. You are a prince. He, his clear affections for Camilla understandably stirred skepticism and jealousy for Diana, and even oh, and she even told her sister she couldn't go through with the wedding. To that, they told her she had no choice. Um, Sally, the the woman who wrote the Passions and Paradoxes of an Improbable Life, uh, said that Charles even cried the night before his wedding, and he couldn't get over his infatuation with Camilla. If I just marry her, girl. Fuck. Well, wait. According to her personal account, Diana reports she once overheard Charles talking to Camilla on the phone while he was in the bath. After hearing him tell her, whatever happens, I will always love you. Check out that. Diana confronted Charles about the relationship. Boss ass bitch. His response, the two had a filthy row. Gross. Wait, he's talking about him and Camilla? Yes. Like, he's like playing it off like, no, it's not a big deal. Whatever. Everything's fine. I'm not a fan. (laughs) Yes. I'm very defensive of her. Okay. As if that's not heartbreaking enough, the princess also revealed that she witnessed a photograph of Camilla falling out of his diary once. Uh, I want to cry for you. These are like the cliche things that you would have your character do in a movie if he was cheating. But it happened to Princess Di. Okay. According to Diana, the stress induced by their failing marriage is what instigated her eating disorder. Um, and this is what he said. He put his hands around her and he said, oh, a bit chubby here, aren't we? Girl, get Never off say of that me. to another get person. Get off of me. Oh, I'll send you to boarding school. I'm sure that's where you went as a kid. Why would you ever say that to somebody? Have you seen your face? <laughs> the couple's stark age difference in Diana's crumbling mental state is said to have had the pri- been the primary culprit of the failed marriage in conjunction with Diana's re- reluctance to take prescribed medication and keep up with therapy. I feel that girl. Mm. 
Diana and Charles announced their separation in 1992, but they still had to continue out their royal duties. Oh, so even while separated, she still technically has to be the princess. So it wasn't until 1994 that when he uh, admitted to his adultery, which if you have not seen the iconic black revenge dress in the first appearance that Diana came out with. I saw this recently on some meme or something. We're going to post it with this episode's information. She is a bombshell and she said there were three of us in the marriage it was a bit crowded shade walk away in your did dress. they stay friends no <laughs> um i'm thinking no <laughs> and this is why <laughs> in august 1996 two months after queen elizabeth ii urged the couple to divorce the prince and princess reached a final agreement in exchange for a generous settlement and the right to retain her apartment in the kensington palace and her title of princess of wales she had this still diana agreed to relinquish the title of her royal highness and any future claims to the british throne so she could keep her apartment be princess of wales but she could never be a royal highness and she never will never have claims sounds good to me I'm in that Kensington apartment. That shit's probably expensive as fuck if you can't afford it. In the year following the divorce, the popular princess seemed well on her way of achieving her dream of becoming a queen in people's hearts until August 31st, Mm. 1997, when she was killed in a car accident in Paris. So, yeah. And this is where things kind of get a little complicated. This is where conspiracy. So after they broke up, and I'm, I'm, this is just from the information that I've gathered and put together. They broke up. If she's alive, he can't marry again. This is a British thing. This is a British royalty shit. Oh. You. Why? Your ex-wife or ex-princesses cannot be alive for you to remarry. She ha- they have to have died. So this is just part of tradition this or is just, whatever. It, I don't think it's ever been done before. I don't think, like, other than when, you know, in, like, the King's speech, that dude, like, relinquished his title and stuff. Yeah, like, but he was, like, cast Well, no, I'm, like, lots of, like, new shit was happening because none of this had happened before in British history. And they're, like, uh, okay, yeah, because that's still the Princess of Wales. So it's... Because he's the Prince of Wales. She kept her title as Princess of Wales. There can't be two Princesses of so Wales. So it's more than it just being in bad taste. It's, like, not done at all. Yes. Wow. Okay. So that gets into conspiracy theory time can you guess what some of my conspiracy theories are about well it's sounding like some people believe that charles had her killed yeah okay so this is what we know on august 31st 1997 a car crashed in the alma tunnel in paris the driver was speeding and had high levels of alcohol in the system princess diana was proclaimed dead less than four hours later her partner and the driver didn't survive either her partner was dodie fayed uh, and he was the son of, like, a, a trillionaire. Like he's was it, And this the, was, like, her partner she was dating? Yes. So they were dating. They were together. She's the Princess of Wales. All three of them died? There were four people in the car. The bodyguard, uh, Trevor Reese Jones, did not die. Wow. But the other three did die. All right. Uh, her partner and the driver didn't survive either. It sounds like a cut and dry drunk driving accident. But to some people, notably the father of Diana's boyfriend, who also died in the car crash, has questioned whether it really was an accident. Well, I always heard, and maybe you'll get into this, I always heard that they were fleeing paparazzi. So, yeah, that's one of my things. So, the police... Yeah, sorry. Uh, 
Enough conspiracy theories started circulating that London's Metropolitan Police did a full investigation into the claims and published their findings in an operation well, of course passion. they did. And this is the truth behind the rumors. Diana seemed to have an eerie premonition about her demise. Oh. After separating from Prince Charles, she sent a note to her butler with a dis- disconcertingly accurate prediction. This is all factual. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. She said, I sit here at my desk today in October, longing for someone to hug me and encourage me and keep me strong and hold my head high. This particular phase of my life is the most dangerous. Someone is planning an accident in my car, brake failure, what? or serious head injury in order to make the path clear for him to remarry. She wrote, that's where some media end her frightening words. But she goes on to say she would she wants to marry or he wants to marry a woman named Tiggy and that Camilla has nothing to or is nothing but a decoy. So this is like something like she is under the impression, which doesn't match up with the fact that he did end up marrying Camilla. Camilla Camilla. The butler also later said that the media had taken too much stock on the note, which had seemed to be a passing uh, thought from Princess Diana when she had anxiety because she struggled with anxiety and depression. That's wild. But she actually wrote, he's planning to kill me through a car accident. Yeah. Wow. So Dodi Fayan, Diana's boyfriend and the son of an Egyptian billionaire and also the victim of the car crash. Rumors, mostly from Fayad's father, Mohammed Al-Fayad. Uh, we're circulating that Diana was pregnant with Fayed's baby oh. and that the couple planned to get engaged soon. Some claim the royal family didn't want the mother of an heir to the throne, Prince William, because he's now the heir to the throne, uh, to be married to a Muslim. So it's like, oh, the mother of our king is married to a Muslim. Because... Is what that reality could have been. Oh, that makes me sad. So Operation Paget found that Dodi Fayed ha- hadn't bought an engagement ring and as some had claimed and that Diana was not er, was expecting a proposal. That more blood test indicated that she was not pregnant at she the time not, of her death. Okay. Some people weren't just convinced by the negative pregnancy test. Doctors had started the embalming process surprisingly quick. Oh. Which would have made a urine pregnancy test out of the question uh, or created an excuse to claim it was a false positive. The thing is, the timing of the embalmment is not, was nothing out of the ordinary. Diana's injuries were consistent with the cause of death, oh, so okay. doctors didn't see any reason to delay. Gotcha. Plus, it isn't standard to give deceased women pregnancy tests, so the fact that they hadn't taken a urine sample was nothing unusual. Yeah, they weren't. They wouldn't have been expecting it. We're getting into MI6. MI6? Former MI6 officer Richard Tomlinson spreads rumors that he had seen intelligence files for an assassination of a foreign politician in Paris that had eerie similarity to to Diana's deadly crash, Uh, leading to rumors that the driver, Henry Paul, was in on the scheme and was feeding information to MI6. But Tomlinson also happened to have been let go from MI6 for leaking secrets and was famous for trying to ruin the organization's reputation. He also never used Paul names, Paul's name in connection with the accident. Diana's driver followed the usual route on the way to the Ritz Hotel from uh, Dodie's apartment, but took a strange diversion past one unexpected turn. Some people suspect the entrance to the slip road most drivers would take was taken or most drivers would have taken was purposely blocked by MI6, forcing Paul to head to a tunnel instead. When the car arrived, a bright light, this is all factual, supposedly flashed, blinding the driver so he would swerve and crash, and another vehicle fled the scene. But later investigations found that Diana's car would have been driven too fast to go down that first slip road. 
So it's unlikely that the driver suddenly had to choose another path. The rest of the eyewitness accounts didn't conclude which other vehicles were at the scene. Some people claim they saw a motorcycle, some saw six, some people saw a black car, some saw a white car. In any other case, a, a car driving by uh, an accident without stopping isn't warrants for foul play. Wait, so they're saying that their car was going too fast that it wouldn't to have been able the to turn, turn they were onto the to, original turn? And that's why they went down the... Oh, was that original turn very close to the tunnel then? It's just it was the norm it's how you would take it like we would take the so, 405 south That's so so far the conspiracies are a that charles wanted to have her killed so that he could remarry b that the royal family was even in on it because they didn't want her to potentially marry a muslim, muslim. Yeah. and c that mi6 maybe was, had a hand in it and might it might have been like the mi6 was it. Yeah, but we're going to get to paparazzi stuff. As if the rumors about MI6's involvement in the tragedy weren't enough, conspiracy theories also like to add that the American government had a hand in her death. The story is that the CIA and National Security Agency were tracking Diana's calls and had 39 documented relate- documents related to the princess. In fact, the CIA admitted did have over a thousand pages worth of information about her, but it also said none of those documents were related to the crash. The NSA had intercepted one of Diana's calls, but the call happened to be to the uh, Brazilian ambassador's wife, who was the most likely target. Other references to her name seemed to have been in normal conversation of the seeking information. Oh. Like she happened to just be the other person on the call. Oh, I, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, official reports say that Paul crashed uh, because he was drunk behind the wheel, but some claim that it was just he or that it was just a decoy. The sample used in forensic tests, theorists claim, actually belonged to a suicide victim and were used to frame Paul. Oh, they think they swapped it out and he wasn't actually <sighs> drunk? But toxicologists tested four different samples and all suggested that Paul's blood alcohol level were three times the legal limit in France. And there's nothing to suggest that the Paul did not come or the body, blood did not call from Paul's body. The ambulance carrying Princess Diana, who was still alive at the time of the crash. Oh, she was alive in the ambulance? She was alive for four hours after the crash. Passed one hospital without stopping on its way to the hospital farther away from the scene of the crash. Critics claim that seemingly fishy, especially because she hadn't been kept in the scene for, or she had been kept in the scene for a very long time. While treating her on location before getting to the hospital is admittedly different than Brits and Americas might expect, it was a common practice for Paris to oh, keep you on the scene. Oh, to like treat you Don't there transport rather than transport you, you yeah. anywhere? French paramedics would treat victims as much as they could before moving them, rather than getting to the hospital ASAP. As for the first hospital the um, ambulance passed... It wasn't at- equipped to deal with Diana's injuries. Yeah, they do that sometimes. Yeah. Even taking the shoulda, coulda, wouldas into account, nothing could have been done to save Diana, is what the reports said. Okay. Like, there was not, no matter where she could have gotten and how quickly she could have gotten there, she was going to die. Diana, her partner, and the driver might have all died in the crash, but there was one survivor Trevor Reese Jones, the bodyguard of Dodie Fayed. Fayed's father claimed that Reese Jones knew the crash was premeditated and did nothing to stop it. He supposedly even agreed to cover up details after the fact that the Secret Service threatened to kill him if he revealed anything about it. Reese Jones did not receive some, or did receive some threatening calls and letters after the tragedy, but he reported them to the police and didn't seem particularly concerned. He still stands by his account in his book, The Bodyguard Story. Oh, dear. Starring Whitney Houston. <laughs> uh, the deadly accident report or happened while paparazzi were chasing Diana, which has led to some rumors that the photographers were in on the morbid scheme. 
hoping the chase would end in a crash. Diana had won a restraining order against one photographer a year before the crash because she claimed he had crashed into her car during a photo op uh, chases and was using tactics calculated to cause harm. So she was already suspicious of... And she had a restraining order. Operation Paget did find that the escape from flashing cameras played into the fact that Diana's drunk driver was speeding, but it found no ill intentions on the photographer's part. So basically, yes, they were trying to flee, but it wasn't the yeah. photographer's intention to yeah. cause an accident. And that is the story and slash conspiracy theories to rack everybody's brain and wonder what the truth is. Okay, well, what do you think the truth is? I think that she was killed. Really? By I the think royal that family? He, I think Camilla was supposed to be the choice, and he didn't do it for whatever god, horrible reason. Because he did go on to marry Camilla, right? He did. He said? Why Diana had to be roped into that? I mean, she had the face, she was the great face, the the queen's people. Like, she was a person not born in royalty who now is a royalty. And, like, that's how I feel about Kate, people feel about Kate and uh, Meghan Markle right now. Mm -hmm. Is, like, they were normal people. Like, now they're, like, the queen, they are our queen or our princess like she understands our life because the royal family doesn't get it yeah you were born with the world's largest silver spoon in your mouth and you will never have to worry about anything long as long as you live except for maybe the government trying to kill you so you think that someone or something within the royal family was involved yeah I mean, mm. that, that that's what it feels like that this conspiracy video I watched it's not the first time huh that they've done anything huh and if they'd like to sue me, uh, okay. What? So I will settle you, it out in court Can with you. you say again what year it was she died? 1997. 97. Because I remember, so I would have been like, you were like nine years old. Yeah, I was six. Um, and I remember it happening. I remember the funeral being televised mm-hmm. and remember not really understanding why so many people cared. Cared? Because I was a little kid and I was like, well, who is she? Well, do you know her? I don't know her. What's going on? But it, yeah, she, it think, was this huge fascination. She was this like icon. And like, I actually know someone who idolizes her so much that her, when she got engaged, her, the, her fiance who proposed, like basically got her Princess Diana's ring because that's all she's ever wanted. Like people are very, feel very yeah. strongly about Princess Diana. Well, yeah. And I just never had. Yeah. I never much, knew any of it. Uh, there wasn't li- like growing up in the South, having nothing to do with European culture other than what we stole from them and brought over here or <laughs> shit or whatever. I don't know. Tea. I don't even drink tea. Uh, I have no connections to the British government. Uh, so if I die under mysterious circumstances while in Paris, we all know what happened, though. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's all I can say. Well, that was a fun one. I'm glad you did Thanks. that one. Isn't that interesting, though? I think a lot of people would be happy you did that, too. Cause and it's... I'm very happy because I, I loved, like, I mean, it's sad. it's a sad story to me. Like, it seems like she got caught up in the whirlwind of it. And, like, yeah, someone wants to make you the Queen of England? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, I don't love you? Eh. That whole system is very foreign and interesting and strange to me. <laughs> foreign. Foreign. Yes. The Queen Mother. <laughs> so what are yours oh right i have to do one you have to do one one. sorry i was just still thinking i was like oh are we done well make sure you guys follow uh but thanks for doing that yeah you're welcome okay so i'm doing one that uh 
so here's the reason why it came about and I even thought to do it in the first place. So I feel like over the past couple weeks, um, my roommate and I have started watching me and my roommate and no, (laughs) (laughs) my roommate and I have started watching Mm. the sex in the city movies and have been unable to finish them because they're so bad. So we're doing Sarah Jessica Parker. So, I will be telling you the breakup story of Sarah Jessica Parker and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And I particularly love them because they both have triple letter acronyms. It's like SJP and RDJ. That's why I'm trying to go by Colton Patrick Moon. (laughs) Because I want to be the new Sarah Jessica Parker. Colton. So you'd be CPM? Yeah. That sounds like a business. Guy I dated once called me that. He called me CPM. Yeah. That's not... Okay. I don't know. I won't pass judgment on that. Yeah. Well, but, you can. But... So, these are two really famous people, so I won't, like, go into crazy details about them. Who? But I will give some basic background, because some people might not know at all. But Sarah Jessica Parker started acting when she was really young. She's a child actor, and um, I guess in the early 80s, her first big thing was a role on a sitcom called War Square Horse. Pegs. War Horse? <laughs> she was... Is the, that a horse face joke? She was the- <laughs> Is that what just happened? I'm so sorry. <laughs> she has... I'm in a good mood. I'm sorry. She does have a horsey mouth and witchy fingers, but she is also a lovely lady. What was the name of this show? It was called Square Pegs. It was a sitcom. Okay. I know nothing about I it other no than that's where that she is. started. Then she went on to do some movies, so she had a supporting role in Footloose. And then she was in uh, that movie with Helen Hunt called Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And then she was also doing a lot of theater at the time. Um so that's fun my brain just turned off i like felt it click. okay no. i'll take over um <laughs> and then she just like the city um so oh yeah so she did that and so this is when she was still like a kid actor and then she started transitioning over to doing like adult roles because she was getting older and so in <laughs> so the 15. early 90s that's when that transition happened so she did um la story which is a movie with steve martin she did honeymoon vegas with nicholas cage and she was in tim burton's ed wood so this was like her big transition but then of course she's most known for her role in sex in the city the hbo show um and just a quick fyi that show lasted for six seasons had two atrocious movies um which is crazy because second I, of which i feel like it was on longer than that yeah, no, only six years. That's yeah. year. That's wild. Um, the the second movie I have to say is one of the worst movies I've ever tried to watch in my life. Wow! And um, you watched the Meg, and I've watched a lot of bad. I watched bad movies for fun. Skyscraper. This was not a bad movie for fun situation. Um, but I wanted to ask you just for fun if you think you can name all the actresses and the characters the four women in sex in the city Why? i actually don't even this. i actually don't even know if you've ever watched it i have watched some okay do you remember the character names patricia <laughs> no no so but there's it's kind of close Lori. no um jody no kate samantha samantha, samantha. Um, okay. yes um kim cattrall played samantha Okay, I do know Kim Cattrall's name because she does weird interviews now, but I'm into it. Yeah, and there's been drama about them and stuff. I but... like it. So, I don't know. so Kim Cattrall played Samantha Hobbs. Okay, that girl. No, Samantha Jones, was, the slutty one. She was in the episode where she liked Joey Tribbiani, and then Rachel Green and Monica mm-hmm. tried to get her to like. I know her. You're talking about Kristen Davis. Kristen Davis and the her brunette. character was 
Cynthia. No, but that is the name of another one of the actresses. Yes! Cynthia Dixon. Nixon. Nixon. Cynthia Nixon, Nixon plays... I'm doing so you're good. You're doing pretty well from having Sarah no Jessica permission. Parker plays... <laughs> oh, no. That's the syllables of her character's name. <laughs> Susie Bachman. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw. Carrie Bradshaw. That sound was so good. That's actually what it was. Carrie Bradshaw. How did I not get that? Okay, who did Cynthia Nixon play? Okay, Cynthia Nixon um, played Miranda Hobbs. Miranda. Mm-hmm. She was like the power attorney character. She did. And then Kristen Davis, who you're remembering from her little appearance on Friends, played Charlotte York. Charlotte. The like prim and proper, you know, socialite kind of character. Which one are you? <laughs> that I mean, that is what the show became. It became like I'm Friends Samantha. and Harry Potter, where it's like, what friend are you? What Hogwarts house? What? Which of the four girls are you? I'm Samantha. Um, I think... am I Samantha? Am or am I Carrie? I think you're not neither. I think you're Samantha and Carrie, maybe put together. Okay. I think I'm Miranda. Oh, you're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Um, but you no, did wait, very you're the, well. You're the hard ass. The like lawyer who, yeah, who's kind of neurotic. You. Uh, <laughs> I'm impressed how well you did, given the fact you've only seen a couple episodes. Well, um, yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't allowed to watch Habo as a child. It was bad. I know, and it's funny because the only so anything it's like what I had decided to pull back. And girl, I watched The Wire. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, there was a time when they started showing reruns of HBO shows on cable or on network or whatever so i think tbs that deal has edited versions of yeah. the hbo episodes and that's what i've seen a wild because we never I bet if HBO. you watch it actually on there you'd be like the f word yeah the f word lots more butts <gasps> and things um that scene in the wire man sorry I'm, oh it's just the one we, i always went think down of. the rabbit hole of the wire i've still never watched the wire it's, you gotta watch the wire i've man. tried the first episode twice and it was just like i wasn't just ready get for to the season commitment. three oh um it's similar to how I've tried to watch the Sex and the City movies, but I stopped for very different reasons. Everybody who's watched Wire, uh, The Wire is like, season three sucked. What is he talking about? And I'm like, you know what scene I'm talking about. You girl, you know what the fuck scene I'm talking about. So that My is... My mom's listening to that. I'm sorry, mom, that I cuss so much. I'm having a good day. I mean, I think she's aware. I got to be in a hot tub for like five hours yesterday. I think she's aware of your vocabulary Thanks, mom. Choices. I love you. She's, Please correct me later about terms. everything I've gotten wrong. Um, so that's Sarah Jessica Parker. And I should just say, I'm talking a lot of shit about this Sex and the City sequel movie. We haven't but even you guys, gotten into their actual relationship. But you guys... There's a scene where it's like the best friend's big gay wedding, and there are so many gay jokes to the point where, like, Brandon and I turned to each other and we were like, What are they afraid of? Like, they made so it was almost as if, like, they were scared they were showing a gay wedding, so they had to, like, make fun of themselves a bunch to make it okay. (laughs) And then, like, Liza Minnelli comes out and does a performance of Single Ladies, and it lasts forever. And then they go to Abu Dhabi, which was actually shot in Morocco, and it is so offensive. There are jokes about, like, women wearing burqas and hijabs and like how they eat french fries it's so offensive like it's a problematic awful movie Yeah, i I don't think it won an oscar and every scene between sarah jessica parker and the guy who plays mr big like is just a nap i don't understand it anyway uh that is my review of the horrible film that i still haven't i think it's because he has a big dick 
Oh. I think in the TV show, <laughs> they called him Mr. Big because... Oh, I'm sorry, Big Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> they, that was his nickname when she first started dating him because I think he has a big Got name. Got it. And it just is his name the whole show. So that's Sarah Jessica Parker. We're going to switch gears to another child actor. To cocaine. To good old Robert Downey Jr. No shame. RDJ. Also started acting when he was a kid. He started when he was five. Cocaine. And he... <laughs> cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> Co- oh, I'm not allowed to cocaine. have an accent. Sorry. No one has ever said that. That's something you decided yourself. I know. I'm just like you're just writing, rooting okay. in. Um, so he started acting when he was five, and then when Jesus. he got a little bit older, he did movies like Weird Science and Less Than Zero, and he basically became part of the Brat Pack, which was like the group of actors during that time. No, that was some, that was like the the pussy. the Rat Pack. No, the Him? Brat Pack. No, the, but Tobey Maguire. Um, no, they were called something grosser, like Leonardo- the Pussy Boys or something. Not the Pussy Boys, what were they called? No, I really... Oh, you're right. They're, it's something kind of gross. Pussy Pals or something, like, disgusting. Yeah, it was, was Tommy McGuire, Leonardo DiCaprio, and... Someone that you would, would never not expect. expect. It's like Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, every time I read that name, it's a different name. It's Matthew McConaughey <laughs> at one point, and then it's Ben Stiller at one point, and I'm like... Who is it? It's but those three dudes like had a nickname because they were friends when they were like young actors and they were like out on the town partying. That's one thing. The Brat Pack is a group of actors that just were in a lot of really like big movies at the time and they became known as like, like friends. Tom Cruise and Brad. Pitt Not Tom Cruise. And so Angelina Jolie. We're talking about Molly Ringwald uh, and Rob Lowe. I'm thinking too. Anthony Michael Hall. I'm, yeah, this I'm is thinking before. like too recent. Yeah, this was before. 80s. Yeah, this is 80s. Like. Like yeah. before, this he, is before. How old born. is Robert Downey Jr.? Um, I think they're both in their fifties, forties, fifties. No, there's no way they're that young. Late forties, early fifties. I think it's late forties, early. 50s. They were like 20, 40 years ago, dude. Because because like, this is also the era of like Judd Apatow, and he did that movie. This is forty, like some years but so they're probably we all like know those actors 50. are 10 years older than what they're playing i know this is true so i don't have an actual like age but i think late 40s early 50s so molly um, so brat pack brat pack so he was part of that and then he went on to make a bunch of other movies and i didn't know this but he was nominated for an oscar for the movie chaplin and then he went on to be the main love interest in that TV show, Ally McBeal, where he was opposite Calista Flockhart. Yeah. Whom I'm terrified of. I yeah. am terrified of Calista Flockhart. I think she looks like a witch in the woods. I think she and her husband, Harrison Ford, live in the forest and eat children. Like, I'm terrified of them. Nice. But uh, but Ally McBeal was a big hit. <laughs> but other than that. And he was on that show for a long time. But during this time, he was struggling with alcoholism and drug addiction and so at age five. so during this time starting at age five so before ali mcbeal he had gone to rehab and like had some legal troubles and then after he got that and throughout being on ali mcbeal he got some more drug charges that like didn't drop as he easily. said i'm on ali mcbeal i'm gonna do this drug deal <laughs> oh, oh, oh. everybody you can take a minute we'll be back after this sponsor but basically what happened is that he got fired from ali mcbeal Yikes. and was forced to go back into treatment and mm. this was kind of all about the time that he and Sarah Jessica Parker were dating. So early addiction and through the addiction is when they were together, uh, which brings us back to Sarah JP, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah don't, Jess Park. Don't call her that. S- Please. Sarah, Sarah JP. If you call her that again, I'll have to fire um, you. So 
Sarah J. Parker uh, met um, Robert D. Jr. on the set of a movie called Firstborn in 1987, before either of us were born. I can't tell you what that. They were both 18. Oh, we could do the math here. I'm not going to do it though, so you have to do it. If in 1987 they're 18 years old, how are they? They were born in 1969, which makes them 50. Because 2019, you did that very quickly. I'm proud of you. If I'm wrong, mom, tell me. Um, Love you. But the so they met on the set of this movie and they moved in two weeks after they started dating. Yes. And they knew that they were moving really fast, so they didn't really tell anyone about it. So they didn't tell anyone they were together or they were living together until after the movie wrapped because they thought everyone on set would think they were crazy. So they just kept that little secret. And um, they moved apart. They lived apart for a little bit after that, like when they were moving through different houses. But then he bought Charlie Chaplin's old house, I think because he was in the movie Chaplin. So then he bought that house. And so then the two of them ended up living there with their two Persian cats, Mr. Smith and Scout, uh, which I just wanted to say the cat names because I find them both interesting and kind of sad. Taylor Swift's cat's name is Meredith Grey. I know. I do appreciate that. Um, So this is Sarah JP um, talking about Robert Downey. She said, what I really remember about Downey is how smart and funny and fast and relentless he was. I never encountered that kind of humor before, and I was mad for it. He's not your run-of-the-mill funny man. So much of his work is improv. It's literally flying out of his mouth. There's no one else like him. And um, he apparently was also in love with her sense of humor, and he loved how smart and well-spoken she was. Mm. And he said, if I hadn't met Sarah, I don't think I would have gotten a lot of the jobs I did. Sarah has made me more practical. She got me an accountant and made me get a bank account. Uh Apparently before that, he didn't have a bank account. Uh, And he said, the reason you go out is to find somebody with whom you can live comfortably. I don't think I need to look any further. So this was when they were together. Someone said something like that about me. And they were together for seven years. Wow. From 1984 to 1991. And... Uh, uh, the year I came into the uh, Rob D. Jew said that oh, we were no. a very conservative relationship, um, c- basically because she was normal and I was out of my mind. I did the best <laughs> I could. And um, Cersei Jess P. said that she uh, didn't know about his addiction problems. I'm just blowing past it. You're going to have to absorb these nicknames I'm throwing out. <laughs> Uh, she said that she didn't know about his addiction early on and that she just was, she said, I was like, why is his heart beating so fast? Don't do so many pushups before bed. Like she had no idea that he was literally like high on cocaine at first. He was just kind of out of his mind. She's so smart. I know. (laughs) I love her. I love her because she's so smart. I love her smartness and her ability to see things that others cannot as he has a white streak under his nose (laughs) and is asking her. Did you go for a run? And he's asking her what the fuck the plans are about blowing up the Twin Towers, and it's in 1991 right now, and he's like, I came across these plans. And, and she was it, like, are you stressed? <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm just, how are you? Um, but, so, hey? even though that part of the relationship was like a secret and not on the up and up, it actually sounds like they had a pretty solid relationship, and that they were like eventually pretty much planning on getting married, and that they had a lot of fun. So, um, there are a couple stories I found. One is that when they were living together in uh, California, they, they were living here in LA, um, uh, Sarah Jessica P said that they would have water balloon fights with their neighbors. So they lived in Hollywood and like, it was just this ongoing battle where they would like throw water balloons in each other's houses or they would have to like the neighbors would turn on the hose and start trying to spray inside like their house. what I'm trying to be. <laughs> and they would have to like run around and close all the windows because they were just trying to spray inside their house and that they were just like kind of 
like goofy and silly That's, and that was kind of how they lived that. if you are my neighbor the bar is high <laughs> Um, but then um, Rob D. Jr., his addiction started to get the best, better of him. I don't remember this and chapter in his life. it just couldn't really be ignored anymore. So it basically reached a point where he was partying, he was going out, he wasn't being honest with her about where he was, it was just getting out of control. And uh, this is the point at which that we need to talk about Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> I, I can do it. Who enters the story. He... We have 24 hours. So, so Keith, Keith Suth, he is friends I with. I hate you. <laughs> if you do this one more time, I am telling everybody your deepest, darkest secret. Which is what? Oh, don't make me. Don't make me <laughs> it's go It's probably there. something about me shitting my pants or something. Mm. And that's not a secret. No. Okay. Everybody knows that. Mr. Keith Kiefer. Like the drink. The drink that gives you good germs yes. in your stomach. Uh, Mr. Kiefer Sutherland, he and Robert D- Downey Jr., you're welcome. I just glared at him. Um, starred in a war film called 1969. Um, and basically, what year was that set around? Um, I think it was set in the 90s. Um, they ended up living together during the shooting of this on, film. Up. And yes, girl. he... Sarah Jessica Parker was living with them also. So the three oh. of them ended up living together for a while. And so basically we, are doing more we had a little bit of a love triangle situation without oh, the love no. part. Oh. Well, without the romantic you, part. How could you not be in love with Kiefer Sutherland? So here's what basically happened. Is he Donald Sutherland's son? Kiefer. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, if, tell me. I'm pretty sure. I can't Google. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, so Kiefer was kind of part of Robbie Rob's partying life. Like he's glaring at me every time I say that. Uh, they would go out and party and like be kind of wild together. But then when uh, Monsieur Robert would get a little too wild, Kiefer wasn't into that. So while all this was <laughs> happening, stick in the mud, do coke with me. So while all this was happening, S. Jess was having a real problem. <laughs> I have to. T- I'm. I have to go. <laughs> Sarah Jessica was having a real problem because <laughs> what did you just call her? S Jess. <laughs> I hate you so much. I am never doing this with you again, ever. You have found something that this is my kryptonite right now. I am crying right now. I am on three hours of sleep, and I so can't handle it. I'm gonna go back into conspiracy theory. Okay, let's go back over the facts. blood alcohol level three times the legal limit in france but trevor wrote the book laying it all out so you could tarnish sarah jessica parker's name continue with your so continue with your final story so kiefer and uh, Robert or bros. They're having a good time. Bro but down. Robert's taking it too far and Sarah Jessica's freaking out because her boyfriend is partying and being a mess and she can't handle it. Nice. So Kiefer became like a shoulder for her to cry on. Mm. So that was the triangle part where but like... But only for 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the show 24 is based on. Oh my god. Um, Insulting Sarah S. Jess. So this is basically what they have to say about it. So... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. said, I would say for Kiefer and I, we were almost always in a long-term committed relationship. Just kind of joking about them being best friends. Um, But he remains a very disciplined guy despite whatever bad habits either of us had. When we did the movie, I remember he'd be like, Robert, it's the morning, it's time to go to work. So he was the one kind of 
trying to keep him like on the straight and narrow and not mess up so much. Um, yeah. And then people asked him, Robert Downey Jr. later, if it bothered him that like Kiefer and his girlfriend were getting close in this whole scenario. And he said, he was probably staying with us for a while. And then I was having some trouble with Sarah Jessica and he was looking after her. It was all rather incestuous, incestuous back then. Ooh, we brought it back up. But then when they asked if he was mad, he said, it's more that thing like you're all close friends and he was probably consoling her a bit. He didn't steal my girl. He remained in the relationship he was in. He was just a shoulder to cry on and it was better to be him than some stranger. So he basically... It is not a very far walk from crying on a shoulder to knocking headboards. And that is today's gay phrase. <laughs> That's not even a phrase, knocking headboards. Knocking headboards. Basically what that, that means... Because that sounds like two headboards. You're you being need two waterboarded, beds? but with solid pieces of wood. Oh, because you're being just being beat over the head with multiple headboards? It's a torture. It's what gay... If you're not gay, you don't understand. Okay, I'm so sorry. Bob Downey uh, basically said that it wasn't... He wasn't bothered by Kiefer being there. Kiefer was actually, like, helping Sarah Jessica when he was being a mess. And this is what led to the breakup. Basically, Sarah Jessica was struggling through the whole situation, and she eventually broke up with him and left because she couldn't handle watching him put himself through what he was putting himself through with the drugs and the alcohol. Um, And uh, that's what led to the breakup. And so what exactly was... RDJ into. I think it's already clear based on all the cocaine jokes we've been making. Cocaine. But basically, early on in their relationship, it was mostly drinking and pot, so he was just like a really heavy partier. That's what I'm But doing. then he did... <laughs> oh no, am I but on a slope? stay away from that cocaine, because that's no. where the big addiction came on. It came in was the cocaine. He I said, am not doing that. He said, I liked to drink, and I had a drug, drug problem, and that didn't jive with Sarah Jessica, because it was the furthest thing from what she is. She provided me a home and understanding. She tried to help me. She was so miffed mm. when I didn't get my act together. I was in love with Sarah Jessica, and love clearly wasn't enough and he also said though that he was dishonest with her a lot he said i think after a certain point you break trust with someone and you can't repair it anymore also she was growing and learning and really becoming a woman i looked to her for security and at the same time didn't level with her about a lot of stuff other women Mm -hmm. too much partying you name it so he wasn't also he was also not being completely faithful and it was just this whole mess well well yeah and i'm like i don't know the drug abuse on top of all of that is kind of yes a, it's one of those things where at, like mm. at the end of the day it's up to the person to get help and to, like you as the partner can only help so much, so much. Yeah. yeah like that you need to need want help for yourself and this is what she said so as just said i learned how to take care of myself there was a huge amount of time spent making sure he was okay and at a certain point i had the courage to say i'm going to walk away and i'm just going to pray that you don't die so she basically had to be like i have to walk away I can't, I don't have any control over this. I hope you're okay and you don't die, but I can't do it anymore. And Mm. she was the one who made the choice to split. So that leads us to the big question. Did they stay friends? He got cast in Iron Man later. Yeah, I'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Oh, I thought that was the question you asked me. (laughs) Um, He's with Gwyneth Paltrow now. I don't know. No, uh, you're crossing realities. Help, help. Um, D- S- They did. SJP. I think they did. Because he did get better. And I think that they can be friends now. That's such a lovely thought. They did not. How do you know? 
I'm right. <laughs> so they didn't. It wasn't. I just googled it. There wasn't any bad blood, but they didn't talk. They, it's uh, not like they kept, stayed in touch. They, I was being optimistic. They very much went their separate ways. But again, there was no animosity. Man, on the same episode, mine got killed off by the government, and yours didn't stay friends. I know it's a we downer need to episode. Like... But I have more to tell you. So basically, he didn't you know hold anything against her for leaving based on his situation and she wanted him to be okay she still loved him she just couldn't be there anymore so even though they didn't stay friends there was still like respect and love there and basically um 25 years after they broke up in 1991 they got back together to like catch up and he went over to sjp's house with her new husband um um, lmn uh what's his name matthew broderick I didn't even write it down because it's so, he's, so, uh, he went over and like had dinner with them and this is what he said. He said, so this was 25 years after they broke up seeing her. I was like, she's so great and so cool and so funny and so in command. I got to meet her kids and I saw the way she and her husband are and how they live. And I respect both of them so much. There's this familiarity that overtakes it. And you just realize that you're just in the presence of this fully mature mother and woman and artist and human being. And there's enough goodwill left over you didn't burn that bridge and she said in her in a separate interview later about the same meeting that it was really nice to see him she said it was surprisingly not weird we were 18 when we met and fundamentally fundamentally we are sort of the same i think the difference is he has a family and a wife and obviously his career is a massive thing but i think his true nature it was all just completely familiar and she says i'll say i don't regret any of it i don't resent the time spent with him so they like they didn't stay friends or keep in touch really but they had that respect and they came back together so it is somewhat positive it is a little bit positive especially because i'm going to talk really quickly about their careers and net worth so (laughs) so um so robbie dj he got sober in 2003 and has been sober since and he, after he got fired from Ally McBeal, he had this big slump in his career. Colton is so mad that I keep saying these names. He wants to leave the room. Um, Robert Downey Jr. got clean in 2003. And obviously, what was the movie that catapulted him back Tropic into fame? Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. He got an Oscar he, nomination for playing a character he won. doing blackface. He won, oh, he won an Oscar. <laughs> he won an Oscar for Tropic Thunder playing, for playing play, like, a crazy blackface. character doing blackface. It's really quite something but yeah so iron man is the thing that like brought him back and since then he's made all these other movies like sherlock holmes and whatever he, he was feels good. Like. i did like him in the sherlock holmes movies. um and fun fact did you know he was on snl as an actor yeah he was on the cast of snl for a year but it was that year when it was in between producers and they fired the whole cast after the year so like they had really bad ratings and there was a time when lauren michaels wasn't there and then they brought Lauren Michaels back. So he was there during that weird year and he was just there for a year and then the, the whole cast got fired. Who else was in that cast? I didn't look it up, but it was like, I think he's one of the few people who's remembered from that. That's random. That year. Yeah. Like, I had old? no idea he was like, on the show. how old was he? Um, this was like before Sarah Jessica Parker, I think. Oh, like so this was young. like Yeah, this was like 80s. Oh, okay, cool. For sure. Uh, do you want to guess his net worth? Like uh, half a billion. I don't know. I mean, not too far off. No. 300 million. Oh, yeah. No, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, and he's also married and like yeah. has a family and stuff. Sarah Jessica Parker, we just said that she's now married to Matthew Broderick, who is Bueller. Cool. Who we, whom we all know she has a kid yeah. or maybe more than that. Um, uh, we all know that she got really rich and famous from Sex and the City. She currently still has a show on HBO called Divorce. Which is great. Which is really great. And do you want to guess her net worth? 175. Uh, not quite. 
a hundred million, which is I'm, fine. I'm she's fine. Yeah, I'm rounding up on all these people because I'm like they've been in the game a while. So I yeah. mean, but still having a hundred. I mean, a hundred million dollars. Are you kidding? I mean, that's a hundred dollars more than me. But yeah, because I like that story because it was a little nostalgic thinking back at like old movies and old TV yeah. shows. They didn't stay friends, but there was a nice ending, and they're both very successful separately. It's like a nice little... But I really, even though I like her very much, I cannot stop talking about how bad that second Sex in the City movie is. Like, I can't... I'm... No, I was going to say I might put it on for you to watch a little bit, but I don't want to watch it at all. So I'm not even going to do that for either of our sakes. I can't do that to myself. Uh, But that was the story of SJSP and Robert DDDJ. So this has been the last time that I'm (laughs) going to be in the same room with Gabe because I have. I've broken your trust. I've betrayed you. (laughs) I have standards and like ethics that he and I don't agree on. As we could tell. Okay, Um, let me ask you a question. If you were friends with both of these people, what would you call them? What's up, Coke nose and horse face? <laughs> oh, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> you should always, if you don't, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. <laughs> Goodbye. I don't. I can't get out of that. Um. So <laughs> we're gonna end that on today because I think I broke Gabe. <laughs> Uh, be sure to follow us on our social media, Best Sexes Pod, uh, on Instagram, Best Sexes Pod, on Facebook. You can follow us on any streaming service for podcasts. If you do follow us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to drop us a review. We'll really appreciate it. It helps more people hear about this terrible thing that we're trying to do, which is make everybody's day a little bit better by telling about people's breakups and our breakups. And is there anything else that I need to in- include in there? I really can't. I can't. Okay. I'm Other I can't. than that, have a blessed weekend. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. No, that was last week. Girl, I don't know. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.